0: Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com/podcast for more info.
1: Hey everybody, this is Will Sullivan with Let's Cover That with another great episode with my co-host,
0: Antonina Agruza, and today we have with us Steve Hendrick partner with Curie Advisory, and founder and former CEO of Aralytics. Steve, it's a pleasure to have you on our podcast today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So, Steve, can you tell us about your role in healthcare, what led you there, and how you found yourself around Curie Advisory?
2: That's That's a great question because my degree is in computer engineering. And when I got out of college, I totally fell into healthcare by accident. I went to work for a uh, vendor who uh, made physician practice management, scheduling, billing, and EMR software. Uh, And so that's what got me into healthcare. Um, Started in Richmond, Virginia, took a promotion to transfer out to Dallas. Uh, The company was based in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was called Medic Computer Systems. Um, They were growing west, so I went west uh, with them. Uh, and then, uh, during my time in Dallas, uh, I left and went to work for uh, various physician organizations, uh, whether it be an independent physician group or an uh, an IPA, an Independent Practice Association, a network. And that's what got me into healthcare.
1: Yeah. So, Steve, kind of fast forward us to your your kind of transition from that background into the company that co-founded Aralytics.
2: Sure. So uh, once I went to work uh, in various stages of healthcare, care, um, it started in technology and then it went into operations, uh, took, a, uh, took on a broad operations role, and then into executive management. Um, I was uh, with a couple of startups during this time. I decided uh, to get off the road and took a job with a newly formed orthopedic group in the Charlotte, uh, North Carolina market. It was two very old, well-established orthopedic practices uh, that merged, literally. The Hatfields and the McCoys got together, and they needed um, some uh, more experienced management to come in and help run the, the combined group. It was during that time, uh, one of the things that we identified that we needed to do, myself and the new CFO that, that came in right after me, is we needed to get the physicians making data-driven decisions rather than emotion-driven decisions uh, and because these two groups have been competing forever, uh, we needed to get them uh, to put the swords down and focus on the business and in order to do that we had to develop uh, key performance indicators and start tracking those and they were, uh, we did it manually and it became too, uh, too big, too laborious um, to, to track manually. So we went to market looking for a platform. Uh, we couldn't find uh, a data analytic platform out there. There were there were several niche uh, players, but nothing that was a daily operational uh, dashboard. So out of necessity, you know, they say necessity is the mother of all invention. Uh, we developed one internally, not because we wanted to be in the business of, but just to run the group. And so we leveraged that platform to grow the group from. Uh, 48 uh, surgeons to up to 160 surgeons along the way uh, we were approached by other groups um, about how we did things um, how we made our decisions our governance uh, how we managed our growth and when they found out about the platform they always ask you know, what's the vendor who's the vendor what's the salesperson's name uh, and so we were getting interest from groups Um, And we realized that we were never gonna get finished building the platform, and the expense was going through the practice overhead. So we decided to commercialize the platform. We we got some outside advisors uh, who helped us formulate a business plan and ultimately created Aerolytics, the company, in 2015. Uh, And I slid over uh, from being the chief operating officer and chief information officer at Ortho Carolina uh, I slid over to become the CEO of Aerolytics. Um, when we launched the company, we had to do a capital raise um, you know, to fund our growth. And rather than go the VC or PE route, we decided to go with strategic capital partners. Uh, one of the two strategic capital partners that we went with uh, was Curie um, because we had used them. several years on the MPL side on the medical malpractice side and they were very innovative and always bringing new ideas to us to try Um, and so we thought they would be a great partner Um, their business model is dependent upon working with independent physician groups um, uh, or physician groups that are owned by PE organizations Um, you know that's their their focus and so anything we could do to help practices um, be successful um, was obviously their motivation. So you know we had our typical startup scenario. Uh, you know you kind of hear about the the, the pivots uh, required in a in a startup, and we, we lived through them. And um, I'm very proud to say that we made it. Right, uh, a lot of companies don't make it past you know the first couple of years. Um, and so over the next seven years, uh, we. Continue to grow and evolve the company. Uh, we developed, uh, we moved our platform to the cloud, turned it into a software as a service, and started selling it to other physician groups. Um, our model is a software as a service model, um, and so when our first, it's a multi-year uh, you know, contracts. When our first wave of clients came up for renewal, we were like, "Hey, we better check and see how they're doing. Let's make sure they're going to, you know, they're going to renew." Well, imagine our surprise, some of our early clients, their key performance indicators had not moved at all. They were not acting uh, on the data. So that obviously caused a concern and so uh, we went around, kind of paused being in build a company mode and went around and and revisited and spent some time with our clients and and we learned that uh, there was really, uh, the reasons they weren't acting, the ones that weren't acting, the reasons they weren't, largely fell into two categories, either one, uh, the management in place um, had had kind of grown up in the practice or they had reached, the, you know, the Peter principle had kicked in a couple of positions ago and they just truly had uh, been promoted or taken on responsibility beyond what they had experience with and they just didn't know what to do with the data. The other camp was they had good management, but they were stretched so thin that the management team, though they knew what to do, they didn't have capacity or time to do it. So both of those things led us to create a consulting division. Uh, and again, we're not out trying to compete with, you know, the myriad, the thousands of consulting firms that are out there, but we focus only on our clients uh, if they need help. And it is really just to help them act on that data uh, and get the benefit of the platform. Uh, and, and so that got us into the consulting space. Uh, fast forward to, you know, uh, to. to Excuse me, 2020, you know, COVID hits uh, Curie as a company. They have 15,000 physicians that they insure on the MPL side, and they're the trusted advisor in a lot of these groups. So they get the phone calls, you know, whenever practices get in trouble. And so they had already been um, contemplating uh, an additional diversification. Uh, they had started diversifying uh, 10, 12 years ago. And so they acquired us to launch Curie Advisory Uh, and it is a, you know, we provide the Aerolytics platform and then consulting in largely two general areas, traditional practice, uh, practice 101 consulting and then M&A consulting. Uh, One of our other strategic partners uh, uh, was Optum uh, and so we developed a lot of M&A expertise helping them. Um that we you know, offer out to other groups. So that is the history and how we ended up uh, with Curie advisory
1: that's it, it's really cool, Steve, that you you know one of the things you highlight is you know transitioning you know your Hatfields and McCoy's from an instinctual emotional play on how to take care of a business, how to operate in a smaller market and compete to actually driving through analytics. It's really that's an amazing kind of shift and I would imagine that's the type of shift that gives the physician practices the opportunity to decide what their future really is. If they have the analytics and they have consulting services to actually make decisions and make moves, you have the opportunity to go out the market if you want to do M&A activity, if you want to stay independent, if you want to kind of interact with a new partner, capital or otherwise, it gives them that autonomy and capability. So. You know, when, when you, you know, when when you look at that and you look at like the overall landscape with physicians, you know, what, what is it to your perspective, like specifically like day to day, what, what is the analytic platform, uh, doing, you know, you're getting more patients in the door, making sure those those schedules are full, you know, kind of, what does that kind of look like in, in just like a quick snippet?
2: A- absolutely. The, you know our platform and our focus is top line revenue growth. It is not uh, trying to shrink your way to greatness by uh, just so what we do is we help groups get their online digital f- map built so that Google we, we're built on the Google uh, platform. We're a certified Google partner. So we know the algorithms, that Google uses in their local search, and those change constantly. So we help practices get their Google Map built. Uh, We then drive volume uh, by surveying the patients uh, as they come in, uh, as well as connecting into all the uh, social media platforms. So we're getting both solicited and unsolicited feedback. Um, We help the practices with service recovery of anything that that is negative. Uh, and really get their online reputations maximized. Then you can go on offense and start using consumer profiling data to identify cohorts of patients uh, for the practice based on their specialty to attract those new patients. So it's any, the lifeblood of any practice is is new patients, right? And so helping the practice attract those new patients. Then once they uh, are uh, patients, the other uh, side of the platform The online reputation management and marketing is focused on what's going on outside the four walls of the practice. Our growth and optimization key performance indicators is focused on everything going on inside the four walls of the practice. That data we're pulling out of the practice's internal uh, PM EMR systems and combining it with what's out in in the social media world to help them identify um, opportunities and uh, improve the utilization of practice assets and by practice assets that would be first and foremost the physicians time any um, uh, nurse practitioners PAs any other um, advanced practice professionals that the practice has their time uh, any of the revenue generating clinic space because that's one of the two biggest expenses in a practice so making sure they're using that space and then any ancillaries or staff um, and look for that optimization and help them uh, really leverage the assets that are inside a practice to grow that top line revenue those two things combined are going to put the practice in a better financial situation f- to give the docs the freedom to evaluate their their uh, growth options in a market
1: yeah i know i know we've got you know another question with antonina but i but I did want to ask you something quickly about what you're saying on the optimization piece. What what does it look like, you you know, when you look at access to care issues and you're saying it's just not access to care, you know, rural healthcare, you know, things of that nature, but you're seeing these schedules just clearly not optimized.
2: absolutely. So you've
1: got to have more elbow room and surplus time. What is that just like on, on a ballpark? If you're looking at a doc group, you know, primary care or whatever you, you know, want to kind of opine on, what's the loss of schedule? Like how much is Dr. So-and-so just sitting there waiting for a patient, reschedules and stuff? Yep. Is that 30, 50% of their day on average? It's What do you guys tick it up to?
2: You can, uh. you see it. Um, typically it's, you know, on the high side, it's going to be 15, you know, 15 to high teens of same day cancel. And no-shows and so a lot of practices have visibility to no-shows after the fact but wow. they do not have visibility the same day cancels because none of the scheduling practice management scheduling systems track that and so for us it's one of the uh, wow. first things we look at and we get their work with them on techniques to get their same day cancel and no-shows down underneath 10 percent. it needs to be in the five to seven range right you're never going to completely eliminate it but that is, in healthcare, that is akin to the airline industry of having planes take off with empty seats in them, You know, right? The docs are saying, I built my schedule to see wow. 10 patients yeah. a session or 15 patients a session. So we need to do everything we can to make sure the doc is seeing as many patients as he or she wants to see.
0: Incredible. Yeah, I'm sure that's super impactful on their business. Um, what would you say are some partnerships or maybe some big name organizations that Aralytics is working with that particularly excite you or key milestones that are upcoming for the organization?
2: Sure. Um, you know, we've got several clients, um, you know, I, I'm hesitant to, you know, to name them if anybody wants to, you know, wants to, to know we've got referenceable accounts, but, you uh, I'm most excited about, obviously, we started in orthopedics, but we have over the years branched out and developed deep expertise uh, across multiple specialties. Um, And we're really starting to see a lot of uh, activity in the physician acquisition or aggregator space. And so we feel part of our job to our membership uh, of 15,000 docs that are really the owners, um, because Curie is a mutual company. So all the physicians that are insured are the own, the company. So we feel an obligation to, to understand what's going on in the landscape and help physicians understand, hey, here's what's going on in the space. These companies, they're backed by PE, they're acquiring practices. Here are the pros and cons. Uh, some of these companies are not acquiring. They have come out with a new model That is more of a joint venture upside only so the docs don't have to give up control and sell the practice but they can get access to some growth capital and some expertise to help them grow so there's a couple of different models and so we are have been vetting these various firms and trying to identify the ones who are really not looking to add any value Uh, they call them stackers they're just buying dots on a map with no strategy or no value add other than financial engineering to, to roll it up and flip it. Uh, you know. Obviously, we would uh, try to prefer our, you know any of our groups, if they're gonna partner with somebody, partner with somebody that's gonna bring a better value prop uh, and some expertise. Um, and so that's part of, of what we're doing and we're actually working with some of these companies. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely not at liberty to, to share those, but there are four different national um, aggregators, or whether it be an acquisition model or a partnership model, that we're doing a lot of work with. Um, so that is, you know, that's um, a lot of our focus. And another big area of our focus is developing a proactive risk mitigation model, uh, and this is leveraging uh, the data that we have to identify the physicians who are at risk for uh, potential lawsuits. Um, and we there's a series of uh, things that we do and the data that we have access to uh, that we work with the practice to create a little bit of an early warning system of, hey, here are the patients that are using um, uh, incendiary language. Uh, we're not saying if they you know, use these terms that they're, they're gonna file a suit, but it's certainly language that um, patients who have litigious patients in the past have used. And so we wanna put a focus on it, help the practices identify and really uh, prioritize that that service recovery. And then if you have any trends that a particular location is getting a lot of these complaints or a particular doctor, um, he or she is getting a lot of complaints, then you know where to go focus uh, and do some, some more training uh, again to, to Bend that risk curve. Uh, so those are those are some of the, the big things that we're that we're working on that we're super excited about.
1: Yeah, yeah, Steve, it's amazing what you guys are doing, especially in the physician market. Not only to boost those businesses, but also give docs more of the power to make decisions. You know, more self determination and and access to care. It's just a really cool business model that you guys are doing. Um, congrats on joining up with Curie and and creating Curie Advisory. And just thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. I really appreciate it. That's another episode. Let's cover that, guys. Thanks so much.